What's up, guys? This is Brian Kaderna. Thanks for tuning in today. You're now listening to the Kaderna Podcast, and I'll be your host for about the next 20 minutes as we go over some very exciting information. Just real quick before we get into it, I appreciate everyone who's been following the podcast and pumping it up. Uh, we're off to a really good start here. Again, this is episode three, so for all our new listeners, um, can't thank you enough for supporting the show. Please check out the Facebook page. Again, we still have the raffle going on. Every Sunday through October, we're raffling off a $10 Amazon gift card uh, just to any random fan of the Facebook page. So go on Facebook, search the Kaderna Podcast, give it a like, share it with your friends and your network, and you could end up winning 10 bucks on Sunday night. So definitely uh, be aware of that. And please, guys, go out to Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're now live on there. Give us a review. That's probably the most visited uh, hosting site so far, as well as Spotify, um, Google Play, and you could certainly go directly to my website, www.thekadernapodcast.libsyn.com. That's www.thekadernapodcast.libsyn.com, and we'll put up some show notes and things like that on there as well. So keep spreading the good word. I'm very happy to to get this info out there, and I really enjoy the dialogue, the back and forth with you guys, Uh, and that's where all these topics come from. So keep it coming in. Let me know what you guys think, and um, we'll just keep giving you as much information as we can. Again, wisdom, not just information, but practical advice in the finance and the business world that you guys and you folks out there uh, could deploy and uh, hopefully improve your situation. That's the goal. So as you might have noticed from today's title, what we're going to be touching on is how to unfold a college savings plan when college is not an option. All right. So it's it's pretty much what everybody's talking about nowadays, you know, unprecedented student loan debt, just absolutely outrageous tuition rates at some of these schools. You got to get a degree to get ahead. You know, there's no more just graduating high school. You got to then go to college and then maybe get a master's and on and on. You know, talking about your guidance counselors, just overpriced books they are $400 for some textbook, you know, mandatory meal plans, join your clubs, get your volunteer hours, you know, all this stuff, apply for FAFSA, FAFSA, FAFSA. There's just so much conversation around college and the affordability or lack thereof of college. So we're going to spend some time on that. A lot of that we're not going to get into as far as student loans and some of that, that stuff we'll save for another episode. Um, but we're going to talk about, you know, how do you plan for college? And in particular, if you plan and then don't use those plans, now what happens? Okay, so that's going to be the overall emphasis in today's episode. So as you guys know, I'm pretty big history buff. Um, I always think it's good to understand kind of where we started, where we are today, and then we can make some informed decisions. So let's go all the way back to kind of where college started here in the United States. And it was actually before we were the United States. In 1636, a handful of European settlers that had come over here to the States or to America, they went to Cambridge, Massachusetts and founded the first college. And do you know what that college was? Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was Harvard College, now obviously Harvard University. So that was in 1636. And it was actually founded to educate folks that wanted to get into ministry. All right, that was its only purpose, and some of the other colleges that sprang up thereafter, they were created, again, for people who wanted to get into the clergy and, and eventually practice ministry. 
And then all of a sudden in the 1700s, of course, we go to war with Great Britain. We break off. We create the United States of America. And thereafter, we started to expand upon this college idea and, again, focus on ministry, but also added two new uh, facets of education, medicine and law. Okay, so now we had ministry, medicine, and law for people to go and further their education. Fast forward a little further in 1862. This was a big year in the college world. The Morrill Act was passed. That's M-O-R-R-I-L-L. If you ever want to look that up, if you're into this sort of thing, uh, don't want to fall asleep reading it. It's called the Morrill Act. And what it did is it created land-grant colleges in each state. Okay, so now each state was actually having its state college or state university and now the emphasis was really on practical education. Uh, in particular, that was going to be agriculture and engineering. Okay, so now we really had five disciplines. The original ministry was still alive. You had medicine, law, and now we had agriculture and engineering. So that's why people went to college was for one of those disciplines. Time goes on. As we all know it, college exploded, particularly in the late 1900s into the new millennium. And today we have over 3,000 colleges that American students or international students coming here uh, could choose from, over 3,000 of them. And what's kind of unique now, here we are in 2019, university enrollment, as gigantic as these colleges have become, university enrollment's actually been going down. It just started trending down recently over the past few years. And simultaneously, community college, their enrollment is going up rapidly. So we're seeing a really interesting trend in what's happening. Obviously, a lot of different reasons from, do I need that college degree? Why is it so expensive? What does it mean to me? I don't really know where I'm going. Uh, community college sometimes provides a good bridge there to that next phase of life. And apparently, uh, you know, that's, that's what a lot of our, our young folks are looking towards. So... That's a, that's a little bit of the state of the, the college uh, atmosphere, if you will, and uh, where we started, where we are today, and that'll be our launch pad into what I'm about to address, which is, again, the financial side. But before I go there, I just want to share a little tidbit of trivia, okay, to piggyback on our history of college. I'm going to rattle off some famous names. You've probably heard of a few of these, if not all of them. And throughout the course of today's episode, if you can think about what they all have in common, uh, there's no prize here for you. I regret to inform you, but maybe you get some bragging rights. If you figure this out, you can tell your other fellow listeners of the Kaderna podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, that you solved today's trivia question. All right, so let's rattle through some of these names here. We have Ellen DeGeneres. We have Paul Allen, Ted Turner, the founder of CNN. Larry Ellison, the chairman of Oracle. We have David Geffen, the founder of DreamWorks. Steve Jobs, Michael Dell, Mark Zuckerberg, Rachel Ray, Dave Thomas of KFC, John D. Rockefeller, Henry Ford, and Kim Kardashian. So think about that as time goes on in the next 15 minutes. What are those guys, what do they all have in common? And maybe you can solve the impossible trivia question. All right, so let's dive into it, folks. You just had a baby. Everybody and the brother saying, oh, you got a toddler there. Better start thinking about college. College is expensive. How are you guys going to afford it? Better get to work now. You know, the path to an Ivy League school starts in preschool. Better get after it. So you're saying, all right, I want to try and be a, a smart, responsible parent. What are my options? What should I turn to? The first thing you're probably going to hear is the 529 college savings plan. 
All right, the 529 is certainly the most marketed plan for a college savings. Very flexible as far as how you can contribute to it and then invest these monies inside of mutual funds within a 529 plan and hopefully grow that, again, with the purpose of higher education for your child or your nephew or your grandchild, whoever that may be. So what's a 529? It's an investment plan that's operated by a state or an educational institution with potential tax advantages and incentives for that beneficiary. Most notable of which is you contribute post-tax money into the 529. We invest it and then down the road, if it's used for qualified education expense, that distribution comes out tax-free. So a lot of people kind of compare this to like a Roth IRA, all right? Post-tax on the way in, my investments grow tax-free so long as it's used for retirement and within those stipulations. Same kind of thing here on a 529, again, but it's now used for college, um, or not necessarily college, but for education. So that actually is a great segue to my next point. People say 529 college savings plan. Big fear there. What if I don't use it for college? You know, what else can I do? And that's where, of course, we're going to get into our talking point today. So with the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act under President Trump, one of the things that was actually mentioned in there is 529 plans could now be used not just for college, but for K through 12 tuition expenses. All right. So I think that was a big upgrade to the 529 saying, all right, if your son, your daughter, they want to go to parochial school, they want to go to some private high school or something like that, feel free to tap the 529 now and you won't be subject to any penalty or anything. So it really gave it much more flexibility and that it was a college tool, but now also again, available for K through 12 tuition expense. Okay, so that's the 529. And now you might be saying, okay, that sounds like an, an easy, good, smart way to start planning for college. But again, what, going back to your title of the talk today, how do we unfold that if my kid doesn't go to college? All right, so let's take a look at that. One of the first things you're allowed to do with a 529 plan is you have one designated beneficiary, okay? If that child or that whoever that beneficiary may be does not go to college, you're allowed to redesignate a new beneficiary so long as they're a family member, okay? So perhaps a younger sibling, we say, all right, let's just swing those funds over for their benefit, okay? So all is not lost. They can still use that tax-free for that younger sibling's education, all right? So that's, that's one um, potential uh, use of that money. And if you say, well, what if, uh, you know, I only have one child, let's say, and, and they don't end up going to college, and I just want to use that money because, you know, my wife needs a new car, and, and that's where we have a nice chunk of change. If you do pull out 529 funds for what's not considered a qualified education expense, this is where things get a little bit hairy. There are penalties, there are taxes. A lot of misinformation about there. People think they get whacked on everything, all their money inside that plan. Not true, okay? Your contributions are available to you penalty and tax-free, okay? Your basis is available penalty and tax-free. Your earnings inside that 529 plan will be subject to income tax plus a 10% penalty, okay? But that is just on the earnings, all right? And you might be saying, well, is there any exception to that rule? There always seems to be exceptions to all rules. And there certainly are. So how can you escape that 10% penalty? There's a couple exceptions here. One, God forbid that beneficiary were to pass away or become disabled. 
then you can pull that money out penalty free. If the beneficiary receives a tax-free scholarship, okay, so maybe they're very smart or athletically inclined, they get a tax-free scholarship, you're not going to be penalized for that, okay? If they receive education assistance through an employer, perhaps they attend a U.S. military academy, they go to uh, West Point or they go to Annapolis, uh, then all is not lost, no penalty there. Or if they have qualified education expenses that generate the American Opportunity Tax Credit or the Lifetime Learning Tax Credit. In that instance, again, no penalty. All right. So I'm saying no penalty here. Your gains will still be subject to tax, folks, but you won't get hit with that 10% penalty. Okay. So I think that should alleviate some of the fear people have of, oh my gosh, they don't go to college, we're going to get crushed. Well, again, it's not just for college, it's for K-12 through and college. And there are some exceptions here if, you know, they get that scholarship or what have you, that you can get that money penalty free. And of course, you know, you can redesignate beneficiaries. Okay, so those are some key things just to be aware of with the 529. Um, so not the ultimate in flexibility, but not as bad as a lot of people think uh, when you have to go to plan B. So what else is there? That's the 529. That's what everybody seems to be chatting about. Well, you also have what's called a Coverdell Education Savings Account or Coverdell ESA. These are not quite as popular as they used to be. Very similar to a 529 and that it has some of those restrictions where if it's not used for qualified education, you will be subject to, again, income tax and that 10% penalty. Um, some of the key distinctions here, uh, if you don't use that money for education, mom and dad or aunt and uncle, they can't take that money back. It's actually now the beneficiary's money, okay? So you can't just refund it to yourself. It'll now go to the beneficiary directly. Again, they're paying that tax and penalty, all right? It has a slightly broader definition than a 529 plan. Again, K through 12 plus college, except in K through 12, they define it as education expenses as opposed to tuition for the 529. So that could be buying the child a laptop, you know, in high school or something like that. All right. One of the most notable drawbacks of the uh, Coverdell is all distributions must be made by the age of 30. Okay. So you want to go back to school, maybe get a graduate degree or something. After age of 30, this isn't really going to apply. All right. So the big selling point, I think, on Coverdell's back in the day was that it had that K through 12 capability. Since uh, Trump's tax plan, now that 529s have that flexibility, the Coverdell is definitely not as popular, and you're actually now allowed to roll over Coverdell funds into a 529, and that's what we're seeing most folks do out there. Okay, so there you have uh, designated education funds via 529 and Coverdell. You might be saying, well, anything else out there? I've heard of these things called custodial accounts. You know, my grandparents set them up for me. All right. What a custodial account is, you hear UGMA or UPMA, that's a Uniform Gifts to Minors Act or the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. That's actually an irrevocable gift, a transfer of assets from the parent to the minor. Okay. So when we make that gift, that is now that child's assets for their benefit. And as soon as they reach the age of majority, they own that money. That is truly their money. Okay. So maybe some tax benefits in the way that we invest in that custodial account. And then if those assets are performing well, it could be taxed at the child's tax rate as opposed to mom and dad. All right, that's a potential selling point. Uh, but we got to remember that's an irrevocable gift. 
once they reach the age of majority, that is theirs. Um, it can also affect FAFSA reporting quite a bit because now that's technically the child's assets. So some things, again, just to be wary, uh, aware of, I should say, about custodial accounts uh, when using them for college planning. The other thing, too, I guess a benefit here, this isn't an education fund. It's just an investment for that beneficiary. Whether they use it to start a business, go to college, pay for their wedding, uh, they can do as they please with that money. All right. So you're saying, well, what else is there beyond just kind of that, that planning for a child? Uh, one of the things you may hear a lot about when we spoke about this in episode two was Roth IRAs, okay, Roth individual retirement accounts. And you say, well, isn't that a, a retirement plan? You know, aren't we funding for that tax-free retirement that you spoke about? Yes, you are. Uh, but a couple of the caveats, if you remember, or, or ways that you can access that, again, your contributions are allowed to come out tax or penalty free. So we contribute and fund the Roth IRA. You can certainly pull those contributions back out for any reason, uh, of course, including for college if you needed some extra funds. Okay. Um, so long, and then again, they can be used penalty free for anything if that account owner is over the age of 59 and a half. And again, that that Roth has been there for over five years. Okay. So again, that'll deal with, again, the owner's age if they want to use it for college. But after that age, use it for whatever you want. No restrictions. Okay. And there's one more really cool feature in the Roth IRA. Okay. The investor in that Roth IRA is able to withdraw, again, that basis. However, there's also some exceptions to the gains there that can waive that 10% penalty. One of those exceptions is to pay for higher education for that plan owner or their immediate family members. Okay, so now we can fund retirement, but if we need money for college, it's okay. We can tap that bucket and go ahead and use those funds penalty-free for college. Okay, so that's pretty cool because I think it gives you a lot of options where after age 15 and a half, nine and a half, use it for whatever. If we got to use for college, don't worry, no penalty there. Um, so that's, again, I think where there's a lot of popularity around the Roth option. And then lastly, if you're saying, all right, enough of those kind of specific type accounts, what if I just open up a brokerage account or just a non-qualified investment account? Go right ahead. Of course, contribute whatever you want, distribute whatever you want. No rules, restrictions, penalties, etc. The only thing you're really seeing there, again, is additional taxes that maybe you don't find in those other accounts, uh, i.e., you know, interest, dividends, short-term gains, capital gains. Um, you know, you will get hit with taxes in that respect, but this is obviously a very flexible account. Okay. A couple other things outside of the traditional investing world. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of the biggest sources today of funding college, aside from the over trillion dollars of student loans, which we'll address in a different episode is actually home equity. A lot of folks out there are saying, all right, I really want my child to go to college. They're showing a lot of promise. But we just, along the way, we weren't able to squirrel enough money away. My biggest asset right here is this house. This house is doing great. We've invested a lot of money in it over the years. It's appreciated in value. Perhaps you're thinking about taking out a second mortgage or opening a home equity line of credit, okay? And of course, you can use those funds to help pay for college uh, and then take that lien against your house. So that's something that's done quite often. If you do take out money from a HELOC or home equity line of credit, that is a non-taxable event uh, that will not affect FAFSA. That's not considered income. 
Um, so there's some, some cool advantages there. And then, of course, if the child does not go to college, the point of this article, then you don't take the line of credit. Or if, if you didn't need as much, you, you pay it back and kind of use it on an as-needed basis. Okay, so those are some key things to know. And then the last one we see quite a bit, again, similar to people saying, well, I had a home for the purpose of having a home, but now has a, another option that's available to me. We see that a lot in permanent life insurance, uh, often whole life insurance, where clients may have substantial cash value later in life, and perhaps they want to take a withdrawal or a loan against that policy and use that as, again, perhaps new tax-free money to fund college. Okay, So those are a lot of the different uh, funding sources you'll find when speaking about college. Got to be aware of some of the catches with the 529 in Coverdell some of the irrevocable nature of a custodial account, and then some of these alternatives that aren't designed for college, but perhaps give you that option, i.e. the Roth IRA, home equity, or whole life cash value. Um, so there's more than one way to skin the cat here. Okay, so I think those are some uh, key things to note about in the college planning space. And if your son or daughter does not go to school or they get that scholarship, Hopefully now you have a good idea of where you can go uh, with those funds now that maybe they're not needed for that original purpose. Okay, I hope this was informative. And again, we had a trivia question. If you remember at the beginning of today's talk, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned several names. I'll run through them real quick yet again. Ellen DeGeneres, Paul Allen, Ted Turner, Larry Ellison, Steve Jobs, Michael Dell, Mark Zuckerberg, Rachel Ray, Dave Thomas, David Geffen, John D. Rockefeller, Henry Ford, and Kim Kardashian. What do they all have in common, folks? What they all have in common is they listen to the wise words of Goodwill Hunting, in which he famously said in a, a little dispute at a bar, you dropped 150 grand on an education you could have got for $1.50 in late charges at the public library. All right, all those famous folks I just mentioned never got a college degree. The, the key should have been Kim Kardashian that I ended with. I think that might have, uh, you know, lit the light bulb there. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys to discuss, you know, the value of college. Does everybody need to go to college? Why does it cost so much? We could have plenty of podcasts just on that episode. But keep that in mind. And as you think about, you know, for yourself or your future kids or current kids, how are we planning? Get in the know, guys. Understand how these different products work. And then see, you know, if you want to go that route and help out with education, now hopefully you have a better idea how to get there. Or, again, if they throw you a curveball and do not go to college, what you're then going to do at that point. All right, thank you all very much for tuning in to the Kaderna Podcast. Please give us a review. Check us out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, pretty much anywhere you'll listen to a podcast, we're there. Don't forget, like the Facebook page. Okay, like the Facebook page. Tell your friends to like the Facebook page. 10 p.m. Sunday night, I'm raffing off another $10 Amazon gift card. It could be you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Please note, in respect to the comment on using a home equity line of credit for college funding, if the line of credit is tapped and the funds have been withdrawn and placed into your bank account, if those assets are in your bank account when completing the FAFSA form, it may be counted against you as an accessible asset in the financial aid calculation. Please be aware of this footnote. Thank you.
The Kaderna podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary. Information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. The listener should contact their own tax or legal advisors in this matter. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities products and services and advisory services are offered through PASS, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, 973-244-4420. Brian Kaderna is a financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PASS is an indirectly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance LLC are not affiliates or subsidiaries of PASS or Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance LLC, a general agency of the Guardian. PASS is a member of FINRA SIPC. California license number 0K04194.